Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. On the show Shift with CJ, I have bought on experts that have told us to do everything right, like having the right diet, doing the right type of exercise, having the right mindset, how to tune into the right energy within you and the right energies of spirits around us. And also things like delivering frequencies and microcurrents into the cells to make them work better. But why do we want to do all of that? One big reason is to improve our health and feel good. And the other reason which is connected is looking good. In my opinion, health and beauty are connected in many ways. That being said, all the world's most expensive skincare products and makeup won't help us at all if we don't take good care of ourselves. The best moisturizers will do nothing apart from just making you shine on the skin. But if you're exposed or, or have something damaging in your lifestyle, that will show up in your health too. So then, you must realize the answer mostly lies within you and the things that you choose to do every day. And in order for you to understand that, I have brought on the show today an expert. My guest on the show today is a Dubai Health Authority licensed beauty therapist with over 20 years of experience in all things beauty. She has also worked in the anti-aging space, which as all of you know, is something that motivates me a lot. Vasilisa, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you, Sajay? I am very well in yourself. Great, I'm great. First, I wanted to get your name right. I was trying to pronounce it. Did I pronounce it correctly? Is it Vasilisa? Vasilisa, yes. Vasilisa, okay. Vasilisa, once again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Normally, I ask my guests this question, that what were the circumstances in which they decided to choose the profession that they're in? But in your case, you're a woman, and we know that women, out of all things, love beauty. And to be honest, this isn't really limited to women, because these days, according to the latest statistics, the beauty industry currently stands at 532 billion US dollars, and that is a big industry to be in. So what got you interested in getting into beauty? Because you have over 20 years of experience in this space. <laughs> yes, so you're, so, you're so right. Everything is so connected. And uh, beauty these days is part of uh, our well-being. Uh, we connect how we look with uh, our well-being. So I, I had my journey with my skin. Uh, I had a so-called problematic skin, and that is what... Uh, led me to choose this profession. Um, so it was in the beginning out of curiosity to understand the functions, why did I have acne and, um, and out of curiosity really. And then I, I just loved it. I love my job. <laughs> you know, one of the common trends that always keeps showing up whenever I get an expert on the show, they started always facing a problem. And most of the times, all of these people have tried to solve that problem. And in solving that problem, they have developed the curiosity, the love, the passion to share. And that's what gets them deeper and deeper into what they're doing right now. Now, you said everything is connected and beauty is connected. So then why do you think that people want to 
continuously look more and more beautiful all the time? I think it's not necessarily beautiful as, as per se how we look necessarily in the sense of, um, you know, the classic beauty. It's just people are taking care of themselves more and more. And the um, how you look is connected with that because you see yourself every day. So you feel, you know, motivated to improve something or... Um, you know, add something, and and that's not necessary in a narcissistic way, because it's been it's been translated sometimes uh, in this way. When I look at some of the latest research that comes out of the neuroscience department, research shows that it takes about thirty seconds for an average human brain brain to form some kind of a judgment when they look at someone and this judgment is calculated in terms of what their social standing is, their age and how they look, that plays a very big factor. So do you think a lot of people are taking care of themselves to kind of make a better impression on other people? Cause we know that making a better impression into anyone can lead up to very good results, whether talk about it professionally or just in your personal life. So do you think, is that one of the primary factors that motivates us to be or take care of ourselves or to look more presentable because there are more opportunities for people who carry themselves off well? Well, CJ, I wish I, I could say no to that. Unfortunately, is is uh, that's true for many, uh, but um, professionals like as myself and others would try to create an awareness around that. So... Being accepted is part of uh, getting into uh, improving your skin or, um, you know, beauty in general about creating some kind of routine. But is it a healthy way to go about it? No, definitely not. Um, it, does, it shouldn't start uh, from, the, uh, from people, you know, from the opinion that others have about you in order for you to take care of yourself. Um, this is just something that we all need to do to ourselves, for ourselves, and no one else. It's not, it's not yet, but there, are, there is an awareness. These days, people are getting more and more into self-appreciation and self-love, and we're doing our best, definitely, about that. I would agree to that. And according to what I believe, that a person shouldn't be really judged by the way they look or the way um, their skin or their face looks up to a certain point because the beauty lies within. And um, so many times you have people all around the world who probably aren't taking care of themselves so much, but they're a beautiful heart and beautiful soul. But the other side of the equation is also correct because now me being in the fitness industry and the wellness industry, as much as I hate to say this, but people do judge a lot of things by the way they look and as far as like there was a study outside outside of like university of mexico which now is showing that people also think that good looking people or like beautiful people are more intelligent there was another study done in 300 Dutch advertising agencies, which also showed that good-looking people have even higher incomes and they can use their good-looking power or like beauty to develop some kind of like an interpersonal skills and um, make more negotiations, 
they can be effective communicators, attractive speakers. So yeah, it's not the best way to look at it, but I would say that most of the things around the world, people look at them in certain ways. And that has also led to the growth of this market. Now we're looking at big statistics here, right? I previously mentioned that the beauty industry is worth 532 billion US dollars. That number is going to accelerate up to 800 billion in 2025. And let's not go too far, like even in the UAE, the UAE cosmetics market is also rising up to 300, uh, sorry, $3 billion until 2025. So you being in the UAE for some time, what are the trends or what are the new things that you have been seeing that is going on? So let's say in the last four or five years, has there been something different that has taken the market by storm or that you see more and more people get into these days? Yeah, sure. So uh, our industry is uh, getting bigger and bigger with new technologies and new tools for us as uh, professionals to work and help people uh, and definitely the last five, ten years, we have amazing technologies combined. And um, it's been great, really. It's been great to to see how much technology can help and um, us as, as professionals to reach easier uh, to the goals of our clients and uh, the clients as well, because it's, it's different to... Um, you know, the tools we had 10 or 20 years back, they were totally different uh, in a sense of um, their, you know, their, um, um, how they, they would transfer the energy if we talk about lasers or the combinations of different technologies such as radio frequencies and microneedlings. Uh, now it's way easier, definitely. New technology always excites me because I believe it is a part of our own curiosity that we keep on exploring new ways of solving problems, new ways of pushing the boundaries. And that is what brings us to an elevated human potential. Now, in your practice, what are some of the things that you have seen, as you mentioned, new technologies, it could be new formulations, anything that excites you that has come up in the recent times? Yeah, the uh, device that I really love to use is the one it calls Authera. Yeah, we call it Authera. Uh, and it's basic, basically an ultrasound device that can reach really deep to the skin um, when we want to tie their skin on the face. And we can actually see there's a monitor. We can see the depth of uh, our application. And it's really exciting to actually see the uh, how much technology has developed that we don't have to do surgical procedures anymore to reach, you know, to the satisfaction of uh, a tighter skin. So um, this technology that you just mentioned is its application is for tightening the skin or are there other multiple applications as well? Well, it is skin tightening as as for now. Um, we have different depths and uh, there are FDA approval, uh, approved uh, areas that we uh, can use this device. And um, yeah. Okay. One of the things that I found very interesting with these technologies is that it um, enhances the function of the skin. And when you think of the skin, skin is our largest organ, right? And especially these days or starting from last year, we also know that the skin is also one of the lines of defense when it comes to the immune system. And it can play so many important 
body regulations such as blood circulation, hormone production, temperature control. And when you look at technologies like this, which can, let me ask you, is this an invasive or a non-invasive? No, non-invasive, non-invasive treatment. So looking at this, at a non-invasive treatment, which you can go to a doctor or just have at your house and somehow just work on yourself. It is really exciting for me. One of the other things that I have used in the past is the use of red light therapy, which is also known as photobiomodulation. Do you use something like that in your um, therapies? Yes, we do have. We combine it with many treatments. So we can combine this with uh, hair loss treatment, with PRP. Well, this is a procedure with the PRP is a procedure that doctors will do. So it's not for cosmetologists. Uh, but uh, red light is a combination treatment. We can add it in many, many other applications. Brilliant. And for those of the audience that is listening and they are a bit confused, do you want to tell them a little bit more about what red light is and why and how is it being used to, um, with, in conjunction with other therapies that you're doing? What does red light yeah. do for the body? But red light is it's not so red light is is used has been used many many years and and we use it now to stimulate uh, more collagen. Uh, we can combine it on on the skin um, um, to stimulate collagen or um, on the hair for hair loss. So it's not a new technology, really, and people do know about it, as I know. One thing I would like to mention is, as you mentioned, uh, skin is the biggest organ, and it shows us what we need if we know how to look. So many treatments are based on camouflaging, you know, on covering up uh, makeup, for example. It's not a treatment, but it's something that we try to cover up. So... I have many clients that are coming and they are dehydrated. They don't have, they don't use the right products. They have breakouts, they have hormonal imbalance and they're trying to find a quick fix. And this is what I see again and again and I would like to talk about because what is important is to stay healthy. When you're healthy, your skin will reflect that. And when you want to combine something or to enhance or improve your skin texture, then yes, beauty treatments are, uh, you know, the solution. We are, as tools, we can improve a lot of the texture, uh, glow the skin or do uh, so many treatments these days. But what is important to highlight is the most important thing is to stay healthy, um, see the indications if your skin has if you have acne you have to do the hormonal test first see how that goes you know everything is connected you mentioned that in the beginning of the show and uh it's so so important to um to analyze that a bit i like that you mentioned again that everything is connected and you need to be healthy from the inside first but then someone who's listening to this show and they have this question that how do we be really healthy from inside or what is the mechanism of action? What do you think is inside of us that is um, communicating in a way to the outside of our skin? I have a theory on this, but I want to understand your take on that. Yeah. Well, I am not a doctor, but what I do for myself and I recommend to my friends and my, and my clients is, first of all, 
water, hydrate yourself. We are all walking dehydrated zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is super important. And I know it's a cliche. Everybody talks about it, but no one actually drink enough water. So, and the quality of the water that you drink, it should be mineral, it should be high pH. Your body should be alkaline at all times. Of course, water will not cover it by itself, but it's a big portion of it. So for a man, uh, someone needs 3.5 liters per day or 3 plus. For a woman, it's around 3. I do believe that um, a balance, you should, you should hear your body. You know, uh, I have clients that they say, I cannot drink more than one and a half liter. Okay, do that at least. But if you can't drink one and a half and you end up drinking a glass of water, then that will not help your dehydration. It will not help you detoxifying your body, flushing out all this toxin. And, and you end up having breakouts, pimples, dry skin, eczema, things like that, all connected, as we mentioned. So first step, I think, it is dehydration. Then I would go to, um, to a doctor to check on my um, uh, vitals, see what is missing, how is my uh, uh, vitamins, what, what can I do to improve, um, you know, my health. Mm -hmm. And um, what's the best way for you to hydrate yourself? Are you using something special? Are you just using normal water? Do you have a water filtration system that alkalines or like an ionizer that alkalines the water that you're drinking yeah or... i do i do use um alkaline water um filtered one um water should be more than uh 7.5 uh, pH. Our blood is 7.35 pH, so we need water more than that, as higher as we can. So in the market, you can find 8, you can find 10. Uh, mineral and alkaline is the best. When we're talking about alkaline, we're talking more than 8 pH. But then one of the other problems that comes with a lot of these ionizing filters and um, water machines is that when they are alkalizing the water um, normally a trade-off of that is less minerals so do you use any additional minerals after you're using the alkaline water like trace liquid minerals or any other minerals that kind of bump up the electrical activity inside your cells well the the company that installed my filter they they had all the um, you know, all the analysis that showed me everything I needed to know that this water is complete. So I can share with you uh, the company and you can share with your audience. Um, but I don't want to, to, to stay there. What is important is firstly to drink a lot of water. Secondly, if you drink a lot of water, you need to have the right quality. So um, mm -hmm. if you drink a lot of water and it's not right, it's full of plastic and all of, all of the bad stuff, you're not helping yourself and the environment. So, yeah. Thank you for saying that because most of the times I hear people just saying that they are drinking a lot of water, but most of the water that they're drinking has nanoparticles like plastics they could have yeah. endocrine destructors like parabens and phthalates and other things that can really push the dial towards negative health now i like that you mentioned water because water is also important for so many other functions of the body and yes it is a cliche we hear it all the time but one of the other big 
things in this equation is microorganisms that live inside our body. Now, in the recent years, there has been a very big area of study on the gut microbiome, which is these trillions of microorganisms in our gut, which help break down minerals and they uh, synthesize vitamins. They're also involved in the communication pathways to the brain, which produces more serotonin. But there's also other kind of microbes in our body. And a certain kind of microbes is our skin microbes. We have about a trillion of those skin microbes, which also survive off water mm. and salt and oil, which our skin releases to keep itself cool and lubricated. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what this was my theory on this that when you look at these microflora or microorganisms of the skin you also need to take care of that and in recent times i have seen a lot of companies come up with products which also support the microbiota of the skin have you experimented with such products yes um, we call it clean, um, clean beauty or green beauty uh, so, so see, these days it's not that you're walking around and you're thinking about your microbiome and how you will take care of it. All you want to do is to make healthier choices. So to me, how I see it, I want to use as green products as I can, effective, not with many complicated uh, ingredients in them, and just make it simple and clean. And this is the trend now, and I hope it will stick around for many, many years to come. Um, because it is important to to know what you apply on your skin. And if you cannot pronounce it, then it's probably not really good. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who are listening, if you're not driving right now, then check up your favorite beauty ingredient and then turn around it. And then normally in the last three lines of the ingredients list, you will find things that you cannot pronounce. And if you cannot pronounce it, that means you cannot eat it. And most of the things that you won't put into your mouth, I personally wouldn't put them through my skin. (laughs) And I like that you mentioned about green beauty. One of the other trends that has come up recently, which not a lot of people are jumping on, is blue beauty, which is this idea that our products are made with certain, um, let's say, components which also help the environment, especially the oceans and the water supply. Because according to studies, approximately one truck full of plastic waste enters our ocean every minute. That would be 8 million tons of plastic every year, which is going to have a bigger impact on our sea life. And like we said, everything is connected. So all of those things, those um, microtoxins come back to us when we, Mm. let's say, go into the sea or have having some water from the sea, or even consuming ocean life like fishes. So it comes back to us. So we must pay attention to what we are doing for the environment. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, sure, of course. Now, one of the other things also is important is the environment around us, because a lot of people would ask me, if I want to live natural, why do I have to apply all these artificial chemicals and things that are coming in from the beauty market? And I keep telling them that us as a species right now, we are exposed to more environmental toxins than our ancestors. And when we look at 
world data, we also know from the World Health Organization that over 91% of the world's population lives in places where the air quality actually exceeds the the standard limits. And about 4.2 million deaths all around the world are done because of air pollution. How much does pollution play an impact on skin? It has quite a big impact on the skin, definitely. And that is, that is the reason that we, we, it's good to use some products. Now, there are many products and it can be frustrated to find the right one. And I don't think that there is the right one. I think that we all have different needs and, um, you know, different routines, things, skin types, and and we have the right to choose our own product. So I'm not going to judge the or have an opinion about um, what is the right product. But what we actually need as skin in dermatology, based on dermatology and studies, we need basically four things, vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, and sun protection. If you could use one product, that is sun protection. The reason that we um, take under consideration the pollution is all the other products that we need to use to protect our skin. When you say vitamin, let's repeat that one more time for the audience. So now audience can take notes. So that was vitamin Vitamin A, it's basically retinoid, retinoids. Uh, there are four different generations of, of this uh, ingredient. Um, um, I would not recommend, there are different concentrations, so I cannot just lightly say here, uh, use that. But roughly, this is what it is. It's vitamin A, vitamin B, C, and sun protection. And if someone can choose one product and one product and only that is sun protection do you see in a lot of your clients or people that you have seen over the past so many years that retinol actually works for everyone because i know that some people can have um, some skin allergies or some rash or some burning when they use Mm -hmm. retinol yeah that is a very common uh, reaction of the skin and it's very normal to happen um how I, re- I uh, recommend this product is gradually. So you start with a very low concentration, you use it once a week, the next week you can add one more day and gradually you introduce it to your routine, into your skincare uh, routine and your skin will get used to it so you will not have the reaction. Um, now, there are people that they should not use it and the, the people with rosacea or... or um, very sensitive skin or you know a lot of capillaries uh, these can really uh, aggravate the situation so it's always recommended before buying any retinol to uh, speak with your beauty therapist or your uh, dermatologist and yeah gradually i have used retinol in the past and um, luckily i was one of them who did not have any effects for that and one of the reasons why i chose to use retinol is because it has powerful anti-aging effects and one of the other um, alternatives that i found to retinol was an um it, it's a plant-based thing it's called bakuchol have you heard of that no okay so it um i am not too sure exactly on what components they mix but um it's made from plants 
and it is very similar in profile to retinol. So anyone who doesn't or their bodies don't agree with retinol, they normally go for bakuchol. Mm-hmm. I think it comes out from Eastern Asia. Okay. And you mentioned um, some kind of sun protection. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that sunlight is very important, especially in the last year or a lot of these research that we've been seeing on COVID-19, one of the biggest factors was vitamin D deficiency. Mm-hmm. And we know that getting a little bit of sunlight is good because it helps increase or synthesize vitamin D, which is also important for stronger bones. It in- improves our mood by elevation of serotonin and tryptamine. And um, it also is linked to our circadian rhythms, which means our sleep and wake cycles. Correct. Um, sunlight can also be traced to reducing effects of diabetes and certain cancers. And we know that the nitric oxide effect from sunlight also boosts fertility. So it is good to go outside, but they say like you shouldn't get too much of it. Mm-hmm. Now, sunlight is a combination of energy in different electromagnetic spectrum. And most of it comes from UVA, which is ultraviolet A which is not absorbed in the uh, ozone and can penetrate into our skin, which is 90% of that. So according to you, do you think we should use sun protection all the time or should we allow our skins to naturally absorb that environmental light and um, carry out all of the natural processes that it has? Yeah, sure. Um, See, it depends. Everything is a moderation. Are you, if you're going to swim in Dubai in the summer <laughs> after 9 a.m., then it's risky in the summer. If you're going right now, 8 to 10, you don't have to apply sun protection unless you have a condition, unless you have, um, you know, um, uh, some condition that doesn't allow you to, or you have a reaction because there are photo photo allergies and and uh, thermo allergies. So everything, you know, th- this is not for everyone. I personally like sun, but I will not expose myself to the sun more than an hour, and this hour should be in the beginning of the day. So if I will go to the beach in the summer or right now eight o'clock, I will be without sun protection for 30 minutes, not more, maybe an hour. That is one of the strategies that I've been using um, for the past few years. My strategy goes something like this. I would expose myself to sunlight first thing in the morning with a minimum of 20 to 25 minutes, and I cut up to that mark. At this time, I would not be using any sunscreen. And for the major part of the day, if I have to be in a situation where I am outside a lot, I would try to use natural um, sunscreens because we also know the other side of sunscreens is that they come with all, let's say the majority of the sunscreens, which are commercial right now, they come with different chemicals. Some of these also disrupt your hormones like oxybenzone and you know, they can be linked to so many endocrine imbalances. Retinal palamate is another one, which has also been listed as a carcinogen. So I would also think that choosing your sunscreen is also an important um, part of the equation because if you go and use all the normal sunscreens then chances are you're getting some of these phytoestrogen compounds well these days you're right and these days we have uh, so many 
options. And even for someone who cannot afford a sun protection, you can always use your uh, coconut oil, you know, which has a protection, uh, like sun protection effect. That is not a recommendation I'm doing. I just want to clarify. Even, and, and the fact that I said I'm not using, this is a personal choice. If you go to any doctor, they will tell you, you need to use sun protection. Uh, as my dermatologist said to me, um, you need to use sun protection even if you watch um, <laughs> TV. You know, like it is super important. And that's why we have the general rule because um, people tend to misunderstand uh, this kind of, of things. My most important thing is that we should not be afraid of sun. That's why I've mentioned that. Sun is energy and we need to enjoy it. We're human beings. We're going to the beach. We need to enjoy everything. But taking the precautions, protecting your skin, protecting your, you know, from all these harmful things that can happen with the right products that right now they're natural green creams you can use on yourself, on your children. Um, this is really, really important. Thank you for mentioning that. And for the audience who's listening, most of my audience, I would assume, are also interested in some kind of biohacking. So they already know about the good effects of sun and also the good effects on energy production. We also know the physioelectrical effects of sunlight and how photons from sunlight can interact with molecules like melanin to produce energy in the mitochondria via the cytochrome C oxidase pathways. So guys, Vasilisa is saying that please, Enjoy the sun. As you know, like we have mentioned before, sun is good, but don't push it. And especially if you're living in Dubai, just be mindful how close or far to the equator you are, because that also changes a lot of these suggestions. And some of the other things that I personally would do is that I also, in a way, keep a very high omega-3 content in my body because that is shown to kind of reduce the damaging effects of photoaging and from sunlight. Other things would be compounds like resveratrol, astaxanthin, which is abundantly found in fishes such as salmon, and that kind of gives it the pinkish color. Um, I've seen a lot of athletes who've been heavily dosing on um, astaxanthin up to 60 mg, and they go out in triathlons and they protect themselves from skin uh, skin damage. Vitamin E, as well, as you said, is one of the most important things. So I like that we went over all of these things. And um, there are now companies which are more aware of these things. And you can, if you would like to find a certain organization or a company that also believes in the natural way of doing things. And uh, as Vasila says, said, we can find it everywhere. Now, you spoke about something very interesting that the old doctors also said that you have to have um, a skin uh, protection in terms of sunscreen mm. when you're watching TV. <laughs> that is the first time I've heard it. <laughs> no, I've she, never heard She was kidding with me. But this is something we, we say as a joke, but is a, a metaphor on that, um, you know, to emphasize how important is the sun protection. Especially in UAE. And she was Australian, so that's why she because <laughs> they have a quite aggressive sound there too. Now, when you said that, one part of my left brain ticked. And just to give everyone and yourself a context, I have been for some time working on the back end of developing um, 
developing a technology which also coincides with our circadian rhythms. And one of the most important parameters of circadian rhythm is blue light. Now, when you said that, I'm trying to associate all these connections in my head that we get blue light from the sun and also from TV. Mm-hmm. So blue light is the spectrum of light that falls anywhere between 430 to 500 nanometers mm-hmm. of wavelength. And um, we normally call this high energy visible light spectrum. And what it does is it is um, the research that I was doing was more connected with the circadian rhythm. So it's how the light enters the eye and then changes the master clock in the suprachiasmatic nucleus in the body and then affects various peripheral tissues. But now when I think of it, if you're sitting in front of the TV all day and you're exposed, I mean, you don't sit in the front of the TV so close, but if you're exposing yourself to a similar kind of blue light, then that blue light has the energy and the ability to also penetrate the skin and then can cause things like um, reactive oxygen species. It could lead to DNA damage, uh, maybe pigmentation problems. So as you said that, I'm trying to understand um, (laughs) and connect the dots because we also know that blue light is one of the most persistent things that has come up from research and hardware and other um, institutions is that blue light can disrupt melatonin secretion. And once melatonin, which is normally people call it the sleep hormone, but I would argue that it is also one of the most powerful antioxidant systems in the body. When you downregulate this um, important hormone, it has a cascading effects on everything else. Like you would have increased stress levels. You can have increased stress hormones. It can alter the way your neurotransmitters communicate. So you have more excitatory neurotransmitters, which don't allow you to sleep at night. And also it can cause something known as inflammation. We know that inflammation can happen in the peripheral tissues, but now I'm thinking if our skin is the largest organ in the body, then is there a possibility that this inflammation or inflammation can also be derived from the TV screens and the computer monitors and the laptops and the mobile phones? Well, we still have no enough research for that. The truth is that my answer is that I don't know. Uh, what I can assume, I just I can say that energy cannot be destroyed. Uh, so it does something, definitely. <laughs> now, um, we, we do a lot of damage from, our, from inside with what we eat or don't or what we drink or don't. And, and I think we need to start with things that we already know that they are damaging. And then we can expand and, you know, go a little bit further and realize more, you know. But uh, what is important is we all are, you know, with, with a phone in our hand, uh, hands all day or we're in front of a laptop. So not really sure how much damaging is that, um, as you mentioned, with the, with the blue light. Um, what I can say is that we need to start from somewhere and uh, the more logical explanation for me as where I'm starting is what I already know. So staying healthy, uh, mentally, meditate. Uh, I mean, practices that you, we all can do every day. Um, I think that's, that's a good starting point. And then we can develop more and have more tools to 
help us expand our knowledge. Yeah, so do the basic things first. And then if you don't find something, then use things with iron oxide or zinc oxide in one of these sun <laughs> <laughs> uh, blocking creams and reduce your blue light. Now, you mentioned vitamin B3. And um, B3 keeps coming up in a lot of things. Like when I um, talk to people about aging and cellular aging and how the aging pathways work, one of the B pathways... In general, though, not only B3, it's a B complex that does the, the job. Vitamin B3, though, is very interesting to me because vitamin B3 can also assist in developing a powerful molecule in our body called NAD+, which stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. And the way this works is that it provides energy to various other group of genes and proteins in our body, which are called sirtuins, to reduce oxidative stress, DNA damage, um, any damage that comes from electromagnetic frequency. And one of the ways you can it, well, it happens through the salvage pathways in the body, but one of the ways you can increase the amount of NAD in your body is to have NAD precursors. And one of, or some of the NAD precursors are things like nicotinamide, nicotinic acid, and vitamin B3. And when you look at formulations of most of the anti-aging products, well, not related to the skin, but it, I'm sure it has a carryover effect in the skin as well, then you will find very high concentrations of vitamin B3. Now, I before starting this interview, I was not feeling um, that great so because um, I haven't slept so well. So I had taken some liposomal um, nicotinamide mononucleotide, which is also converts in, well, it starts from B3 and then it converts into um, nicotinamide mononucleotide and then eventually converts into NAD+. Now, vitamin B3 and other uh, B vitamins, do you think um, they have like a special role or is it just because they are one of the most complexes of, I mean, one of the most essential things that the body must have for all the enzymatic processes and that is why they're working so well? I have no idea, CJ. I cannot. I can't give you an official opinion on that because I'm a beauty therapist. I can talk mm -hmm. about serums. I can. I, I mean, it sounds really legit, as you have you mentioned, but I cannot uh, advise on supplements. Okay, so let's jump away from the supplements and speak about something else that you mentioned. You mentioned meditating, and when we think of meditating, one of the most important things that meditation has come in the light to do is to reduce stress. And um, we know that reducing stress is not just good for your brain, but it's good for your body too. Now, how does stress affect our beauty? Do you think some of the conditions that we develop, like you said, um, eczema or pimples, can that be as a result of building up stress in our bodies? I think because I've spoke about that uh, this subject with doctors and their opinions on the this subject is that they are connected as autoimmune that is uh, and most of the autoimmune diseases are coming from stress so I think they are really relevant mm -hmm. Have you in your practice used peptides Yeah definitely Okay 
peptides is um it's been there not for a long time but um i think most of the people listening to the show wouldn't really know what they are do you want to give them a brief explanation of what peptides are and how have you used them in your practice i'm using them on uh, serum so peptides are molecules that they are concentrated in a serums and we can use them on a uh, dermapen mesotherapy treatments. Um, we can apply them as serums uh, inside creams, and they really help with the skin texture and overall skin health. Now, when we talk about peptides, there are a wide variety of peptides that can, some can boost the neurons in your brain up to 400%. Some, can ex- ex- some have shown in the research to extend your lifespan by 20%. And some of them are really good for your skin. Now, peptides are also measured in something called as Daltons. And when people think of a peptide, not all peptides can be transdermally applied, which means that peptides cannot be absorbed by the skin until, unless they're less than 500 Daltons. So what type of peptides do you come across that you use in the solution with um, like a skin cream? Is there any specific peptides? The, the formulation we use uh, on serums, they are, the molecules are really, really small. And mm-hmm. they get penetrated by the skin, absorbed by the skin uh, quite easily. Uh, so it depends the formulation. If it is a thick, oily formulation, then definitely it cannot get as easy penetrated, uh, absorbed by the skin. So there are many in the market, many, many, many. So... Depends. It depends on the on the treatment and the out, outcome we want to uh, create. Now, I've been interested in peptides for a very long time. And when I think about beauty and aging, one of the key peptides that stands out to me is called GHKCU, which is basically a chain of amino acids containing copper. It is shown to improve brain function, block oxidative stress, but once well our body naturally create a lot of these copper peptides when we are young but they reduce as we get older these copper peptides can thicken and tighten your skin it can stimulate collagen production and you know reduce wrinkles and honestly for the audience who's listening i have these peptides sitting in my fridge for some time now and sometime this week i will be using the copper peptide and i will keep you guys updated on what happens next. And Vasilis, I'll keep you updated too. Yes, please. Now, what else are the low-hanging fruits when it comes to... Because one of the things that we both spoke about, which um, kept coming up, is the formation of or the ways to increase collagen in the body. Mm-hmm. Now, collagen has recently got quite uh, famous because a lot of celebrities have been using it. But collagen is one of the most... When I think of collagen, I think about healthy skin, flexible joints, strong bones. Mm -hmm. Why do you think collagen is so important? And what are probably your recommendations of getting or how much collagen should you get or the ways to get collagen? Well, I'm not getting any external collagen, neither. And I also do not recommend, uh, again, I cannot recommend any supplements here. Uh, 
mm-hmm. or anywhere else, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that comes with your profession. What, I uh, what I do, I stimulate your own collagen. And how we do that is through the... So, um, how we stimulate is through a micro circulation of the blood. For example, if someone wants a tighter skin or, um, you know, um, healthier uh, skin, or we talk about the open pores, very common conversation I have with my clients about open pores and how we can close them, or if we have a scar, how we can improve, we need to stimulate collagen. So we have different technologies. One of them is microneedling. I will give you just as an example. Microneedle um, stimulate collagen through the micro, microcirculation of the blood. So the small needles get into the skin, create an uh, inflammation, and, and your body heals this inflammation. And that's how you have more collagen and more elastin. Yeah, and when you have that, the skin is tighter, it's firmer, it's smoother, and that's the that that is how uh, most of us want to look, anyway. But that's the that's the goal, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that is one method, a technology of my of micro needling. We have lasers, we have radio frequencies, we have ultrasounds, we have combination treatments. That all of them they have the same goal. Um, or a similar goal, but everyone is looking for a collagen stimulation in order to firm or tight or rejuvenate. So these different devices try to reach the same goal and different skin types, different um, skin conditions require different technology. That's why we have so many tools now. Now, microneedling is a part of my beauty. I don't have a big beauty regime. But every Wednesday, I take care of my skin. And um, not that I don't do it the rest of the time, but one of the things that I do every Wednesday is microneedling because I've also found that it improves collagen production Mm -hmm. and it also improves skin's texture. For people who are listening, I personally use some kind of vitamin C serum after that. And... Um, when we spoke about um, all these devices, you mentioned radio frequencies. Now, I'm very curious to know that how are you, how and like, why are you using radio frequencies mm-hmm. to stimulate collagen? Because my view on radio frequencies is, is that it's not that great for you because of um, the other effects, the electromagnetic frequency effects that it can have on the skin, mm-hmm. on the cells itself, and it disturbs the way cells function. It opens up so many of these different um, things where calcium ions, or let's call it voltage-gated calcium channels, which can open up, and these calcium ions go into, this, uh, go into the cell, excites the cell, and the cell starts dying. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about how are you using radio frequency, and are you using it on a very small hertz or how does it work so this all of these devices are fda approved they Mm -hmm. wouldn't be fda approved if they would harm any kind of cell Uh, of course what you mentioned is uh, correct when we're talking about radio frequencies in very high uh, energies and and we don't use them on human 
<laughs> so, so the iPhone. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I cannot comment on that, honestly, CJ. Yeah. Mixed so many conversations. This can be a 10 hour, 10 hour podcast. You have so I know, I know. Things to say. But when it comes to radio frequency, we use as cosmetologists or dermatologists inside of a clinic is to uh, create a thermal effect that will stimulate collagen through the thermal effect. Yeah, that is not that is not going to harm the skin. Mm -hmm. It just um, helps with the microcirculation of the blood. Perfect. I um, recently interviewed um, a man by the name of Robert Dennis, and um, in the early nineties, or sorry, in the late nineties, he was involved in research with. He was the prime consultant in the research with NASA, where they were worried about the astronauts that are coming from space and um, basically they lose all their bone formations and they have um, basically they come in poorer health. So Robert Dennis got onto a program where he started using and he's been doing this for the last 25 years mm -hmm. using very small frequencies in the form of pulse electromagnetic fields um, which are very similar to the fields that would come from the nature. Mm -hmm. And um, he uses this technology to basically his application is more for people who are suffering with diabetes and other uh, diseases. But the idea is that he uses such low, such low hertz around five to 15 or 20 hertz in order to stimulate the cell mm -hmm. and also to turn over all the ATP production, get the cell the new life that it needs. And uh, this is why I was very curious because I wanted to understand when we talk about radio frequency radiation or RFR and how does that help with the skin. But this can, as you said, if you keep talking about it, it can go to 10 hours. So let's go back to what we were talking about before. We we're talking about collagen and you told us about um, ways to increase collagen by microneedling. And I you personally... Know, microneedling is just one, um, one method. These days, we combine radio frequency with microneedling. We can combine different technologies to, to reach, uh, to improve uh, skin texture for someone who has scars or, um, you know, on, on the tummy after pregnancies for stretch marks. So I cannot even imagine what will happen after 10 years. As you mentioned, the, the man you mentioned just now, <laughs> I hope he will share his technology in yes. our industry. <laughs> It's going to be very helpful. Many good things are coming. I have used, um, in typically in my microneedling session, I mentioned vitamin C, but I also use red and near-infrared light, mm -hmm. which, um, which also directly, as you mentioned, penetrates the skin. It helps... Um, collagen. It helps collagen. It's very pro-collagen. It also increases something as BFGF, which stands for basic fibroblast growth factors mm -hmm. and the proliferation of these fibroblasts in our tissues. And um, one other way it does all this is by microcirculation, which you mentioned earlier. So I'm not going down the route of radio frequencies, but I'm using LEDs to stimulate the same thing. Now, Collagen, again, I would like to highlight that it is also very important because I have seen enough research that has made me believe that 
these three small molecules, which are glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, when you combine them together, you make collagen. And there are 28 different types of collagen, but your body can absorb, like there's some like type one, type two, type three, are what most people are doing. And when it comes to exercise physiology and sports nutrition, we also have seen that when you have an increased amount of collagen, it reduces significantly joint pain and also boost the density of cartilages it makes them more flexible you have so many of these joint related issues that take a step back but if anyone who's listening to the show and you want to dive deep into collagen then um, just google it i'm sure there are some good resources online just go to some medical um, medical forums and you'll see something but my top tips to stimulate collagen which i probably do every day is to have some kind of bone broth Mm-hmm. You have these fatty fish like salmon. You can have that. Um, and the when we speak about eating animals, then I refrain from eating muscle meats because that has an increased amount of an amino acid called methionine. And in many studies, methionine is shown to decrease lifespan. But when we talk about eating nose to tail and then eating all parts of the animal, including um well, let's say, including the heart, the liver, and all these non-muscle meats, that can increase an amount of collagen as well. So there you have it. Now you can do your own experiments and then give us a comment on the show telling what works and what doesn't. Unless you're pescatarian or vegetarian like me. (laughs) Uh, Are you a vegetarian? I'm pescatarian. Pescatarian, okay. I... In the past, I've been vegan for two and a half years. That was some years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I started being pescatarian. And now, most of the times, I would not eat um, an animal meat if it is... Uh, well, I don't eat chicken. But if I had to eat any other kind of meat, then I would only eat the organs. And if not the organs, I would make sure that it comes from an ethical um Source. grass-fed grass-finished source which means that 99.9 percent of the time i'm pescatarian too <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> yeah it's good for all of us isn't it now we've spoken about so many things like i'm sure the audience has got so much out of this now what would be like one or two pieces of advice that you would give to a normal person, probably a person who hasn't, like you mentioned, not many people have to know about these biological pathways and how all these molecules interact. And some people just need a quick fix as in, okay, just drink more water. Okay, just mineralize your water and be away from all these toxic compounds. Um, What are like two tips or one tip or two tips that you would like to give to the audience today that they can take home? Now, you have already told them to have minerals and be alkaline and have water. So this is a trick question. You can't mention those. You have to say something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sure. Um, We mentioned two very important. Um, When it comes to my profession, I really like to go and um speak with my clients and see their routines what they do what they um what's their skincare uh to combine and create um a nice treatment and what is important is what you do at home because most of the days you are taking care of yourself it's not that you're every day in the clinic or in a spa and someone taking mm-hmm. care of you so the best 
thing uh, that we all can do is just to eat healthy, um, uh, hydrate our skin, as we already said, use the right products, keep it clean and keep it really short. They don't have, we don't have to spend huge amounts of money on creams and products. They have to be simple. Uh, as I've mentioned, vitamin A, B, C, um, some protection, some hyaluronic acid, if you want to add something on. Um, I cannot think anything else, to be honest. It's really simple. We make it, my industry actually make it so complicated many times because it's part of the selling um, you know, we, mm-hmm. it's, it's a selling, it's a, it's a marketing thing. So, but, um, I am always honest with my clients. What I can offer to your audience is to find me in my, uh, in my clinic. Um, and I can be there for them to help them and, um, you know, um, organize their skin cares or their treatments, or even if they don't want to do anything, I can be there to hear them out. <laughs> Thank you for reaching out and telling the audience that you're there for them. Because I think in today's world, as long as you know that there is someone um, trustworthy and knowledgeable and with the experience that you have available, that Mm -hmm. solves half of the problem. Because the fact that you know that someone is there for you and in times of distress, you're not by yourself, also changes a lot of the way things work in our body. Now... Wasalisa has told you so many things, guys. I'm so glad that you could take so many things out of this interview. She's told you about the vitamins. She's told you about water. And she's told you all the things that you should do. And closing our interview today, I will just drop in a few of the things that you might want to avoid. We spoke about this briefly, but I don't think we have time to go over this. So here's your list of few things that I personally think you should avoid in your fragrances or moisturizers. Like we said, the the last three lines. First thing, parabens. And I'm talking clearly from pure peer-reviewed scientific research, things that have shown to be endocrine disruptors, toxic carcinogens. So the list goes like this. You've got parabens and you've got phthalates. You've got benzyl peroxide. And let's give you one more. Hmm, can't think of one. Okay, three is enough for today. I can't think of, I can't think of more because again, I can't pronounce it, right? So I can't remember them. <laughs> but these are the things. Please be careful of that. And Vasilisa, yeah, if someone wants to reach to you, Mm-hmm. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, through my Instagram, I also uh, work in all the Novomed um, clinics and group, mm-hmm. Novomed group. So through my Instagram, Vasilisa Charitidi, um, you can find me there. Okay, I will make your lives easier and put that in the show notes Please. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vasilisa, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm so grateful for everything that you have been doing, all the technologies that you have been practicing and the difference that you have made in the lives of your client. As we said in the beginning, beauty is connected to health, health is connected to wellness, wellness is connected to well-being. And once everyone around us is well, mm-hmm. it has a carry-on effect on our environment, on our societies, on our children and in our future. So I am really grateful to all the work that you've been doing Thank you for coming onto the podcast. 
Thank and you. And I shall see you soon in the future. Thank you. Thank you, CJ. Thank you for having me. And uh, well done with your good work here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening, I believe you've got enough from the show today. It's time for me to sign out from the Shift for CJ podcast. You guys have a great day ahead of you. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.